2: Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Her Others. On TalkSport Sport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 Qualifiers.
1: Lana Cleland striking from outside the penalty area.
2: World beating big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored. We Women's Football Weekly with Baker Others on TalkSport 2.
0: Hello, hello, welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It's an England special today as Lionesses' manager Phil Neville nails his colours to the Olympic
3: mast. Yes, I do want to be the Team GB manager for an organisation that do things the right way. Hopefully we'll come to the right conclusion.
0: England Women's captain Steph Horton backs her boss while looking ahead to a future under Serena Wiegmann.
4: The next 12 months is focusing on the here and the now um, and then... Once that 12 months is over, it's um, obviously welcoming Serena to, to be our England boss. And you'll get to know a little bit more about England and Birmingham's
0: young goalkeeper, Hannah Hampton, and her inspiration. I'll probably go with Pickford, just because I
1: get compared to him a lot with distribution and agility, so I'll go with Pickford. All that, plus
0: we'll speak to the new England women's under-18 head coach, Bev Priestman. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Baker Others. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly
4: on TalkSport 2.
0: Hello, hello. Lovely to have you with us on this Monday evening. I'm never alone in the studio and neither are you because you have Farrah Williams to keep you company today. England's most capped player, Reading midfielder, of course, and a favourite on Women's Football Weekly. Lovely to have you in the studio, Farrah. How have you been? Thanks for having me. Um, I've been
5: good. Um, lockdown's been difficult with injury and illness, but um, yeah, a lot better now,
0: and we've started the season, so I'm happy. Excellent. Well, the season has started. It's been a strange one for everybody. Um, what are your thoughts so far on it? Yeah, it's definitely been strange. Um, very different to what
5: we're used to. Um, the way the clubs have dealt with with you know coming back and managing players and making players feel comfortable I think it's been fantastic the way that the league's run you know been able to get the women's game back up and running um for the players again you know it's fantastic just strange a little bit different weird um but it's just exciting to be back on the pitch and
0: I think that's what all the players have wanted yeah absolutely Um, so today this is an England special and we want you guys to get involved as well we're asking you who you think should lead Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics next year to do that get in touch you can tweet us at TalkSport2 and tell us what you think Um, Farah, I'm going to ask you this question so you can kind of set everybody off who do you think should lead Team GB you've just heard Phil throw his hat in the ring
5: to be honest I I counted him out because I thought his contract was up and wouldn't um, manage to to see out that but um, I mean I think he should be given the opportunity based on the fact that he you know it was his team that went to the World Cup and finished in a position to take us to the Olympics Um, but if I was picking I'd probably like to see Emma Hayes take them I think you know she's worked with you know a lot of talented players and I think if we're going to pick a GB team based on the best 18 GB players I think you know
0: she's had the best experience with with those players and probably pick the strongest team to go. Really interesting. Who do you think? Is it Emma Hayes? Is it Phil Neville? Casey Stoney maybe? Jane Ludlow? Any other name you want to throw in the mix? Let us know at TalkSport2. Now on Friday, I was lucky enough to be invited to St. George's Park to watch a training match between two England 11s. The home team was captained by Ellen White and the away team by Steph Horton. Ellen White's side uh, which by the way was not managed by Phil Neville uh, won Um, (laughs) 3-0. The scoreline largely irrelevant of course but it was very interesting to watch uh, we will discuss the game itself shortly Farah but it was the first time we'd had the opportunity to speak to the outgoing England boss Phil Neville since he decided to step down when his contract ends in July and then that subsequent announcement that Dutch coach Serena Wiegmann would be taken over after next summer's Olympics uh, so I started off by asking Phil how that transition phase was going.
3: It's not really transitioning at this moment in time because we uh, we've got 8 9 months to go and 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 Serena is the manager of the Dutch team and I'm the manager of the English team so I think there's there's a, there's a focus from both of us on our respective jobs at this moment in time and I think once once we get to July next year there will be a transitional period but at this moment in time we've both got big tasks in our hands to uh, to 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 manage our own respective teams
0: are you in conversation with her though
3: no not yet I think I think what we've said is, is that nearer the time that we, we will have conversations uh Ultimately, uh, she is the Dutch manager, and and I respect that. And she respects my position as the England manager. And when she becomes the England manager, you, you know, I, I will help her as much as I possibly can.
0: I was going to say, does it feel almost as if there's a little bit of conflict of of interest? You can't really talk to her about the players because, you know, potentially um, Team G will play Netherlands at some point. Yeah. At the
3: yeah I, I think I think that that is just that's just normal. I think with the. Uh, Team GB could play Holland. We could play Holland in a friendly this year, England versus Holland. Uh, so ultimately, I think, I think, uh, I think, when you're a manager, you've got to focus on your job. And, and, and Serena's got a massive job with with a great football team that, that that she she will want to do to the best of her ability. And uh, ultimately, uh, if you take your eye off the ball and start concentrating on, the, on everything else, you'll start you'll start failing. So uh, I think it's just we're just staying our own our own lane at this moment in time.
0: Is that on the cards then, a game against Holland? friendly. Oh I
3: know I was just saying that it could happen, you know. So uh I think with with what's happening in the world at this moment in time it's very difficult to get any kind of opposition to travel or for us to travel there. So we've just got to do what we've, we 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 can do.
0: I know your role ends in in July essentially, but but is the Team GB role a conversation that you've had with the FA and a role you'd like to take in the summer?
3: Well, I think, yes, I do want, I do want to be the Team GB manager, but I think, I think I'm really relaxed about it because I work for an organisation that, 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 that do things the right way. So I'm going to sit down in the next month or two uh, and, and discuss that with the FA and, and see what they want and, and what I want and uh, hopefully we'll come to the right uh, right conclusion.
0: When we talk about stability, that would be stability though, wouldn't it? Bearing in mind you've not got any competitive fixtures, you've been with this team for so long.
3: Well, I think the only thing that I would say is it gives the players stability about who their manager is but, but ultimately there's a long time to go, we're only two games into the WSL season uh, I've got a big job with the Lionesses, that's my main focus and, and like I say, I, I, you leave it up to the people to, to that are in charge, that are paid to do this and to make the decisions to make the right decision.
0: I know, if you're talking about wanting the Team mm. GB job come next summer, um, if that doesn't happen for any reason whatsoever, what would you want your legacy to have been as England manager?
3: Well, I think three years ago or two years ago when I came into to the job uh, I think I think I wanted to first thing I wanted to win uh, which we haven't done yet so so ultimately there is still time to do that uh, and, and you want to leave the job in a better place, and you want to make sure that you can try and take the team forward, and you want to. Uh, I wanted to take this team to places and, and challenges that they have never had, and I wanted, I wanted to be really brave about doing that. And uh, you know, I've tried that over the last two years. We we've, we've, we've we have been to some exciting places in terms of where the lioness uh, where, where the lionesses are now positioned. Uh, but ultimately, what we need, we need performances to to remain better. And I, I want to, I want to go out on a high. I want to go out with people thinking that I did a good job and 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 to leave leave the leave obviously the job in good hands with Serena coming in and and for that we need we need to improve on what we've done for the last uh, 12 months since the start of last season. So I'm under no illusions that we need to improve, but ultimately, uh, it's been a great journey so far and I want to make sure that the journey ends well. You know that the, the next 3 year cycle is a, is an Olympics, is a Euros in England and then it's the World Cup. So you know, in, by 2023, we want to be in a position to try and win a World Cup. We we we've been so close the last two times. Matt Samson did an incredible job uh, getting to the semi-final and finishing third in Canada. Uh, even better achievement than what I did in France, where, where where we only finished fourth. But we've been to the last. Three major tournaments, Euros and two World Cups, and, and finished in a semi-final. So ultimately, the, the challenge is to get to that final. The challenge is to win, and, and that's why we're going to make brave decisions over the next 12 months. We're going to be we're going to be looking at the next two years and the two major tournaments, and looking long-term and looking at developing these exciting young players that when they come to Australia and when they come to a Euros in England, they are prepared to win. And that's what that's, that's my job, and that's the job of the FA.
0: This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others, and you've just been listening to the thoughts of the outgoing Lionesses manager Phil Neville. And England's most capped player Farrah Williams is in the studio with me. Farrah, what was your reaction to what Phil had to say there?
5: I mean, it's interesting. He keeps mentioning the fact that he works for an organisation that will make the right decision. Um, that kind of tells me they're already in talks that you know he potentially will stay on and, and take that Olympic job based on what he said. Them, them doing the right thing. Um, I think it's a difficult moment for the England team you know with having no definite manager going to the Olympics Phil only being there for what the next 11 months what direction does he want to take these Lionesses in before he then hands it over that's the question you know is it going to tap a number of young players is that what he wants to do in the next 12 months and transition those young players and give them exposure to senior football that's the question I'm asking him and the, and the FA what is the direction they want to go in as an England team for the next 12 months do you think they know? I'm not sure Unless they name him as, as manager for the Olympics and he can really focus in on, on, on his England team for you know, the next 12 months and take an England team to the Olympics, then I'm not actually sure if they know what, what their focuses are for the next 12 months.
0: But What's their possible reasoning for not having nailed their colours to the mast and said who they want to take Team GB? Which, you know, if it is Phil Neville, you would expect would be more of an England team than, than, than anything else. But to take G, Team GB to the Olympics... Why haven't they made that decision yet?
5: I'm unsure. I'm unsure. This this raises the question for me whether it was Phil that stepped away from from the FA and the England Lionesses, or whether you know it was them that, that didn't renew his contract. You know, we're kind of stuck in that, and um, that raises a question for me as 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 to what the decision was based around that. But yeah, certainly for the players, you know, for their focus for the next 12 months, they need to know who the manager is. They need to know who, you know, they're they're, they're wanting to impress to get themselves in that selection. Does it feel awkward at the minute? or for everybody i think so i think a little bit i think as you mentioned with not having any stability i think you know the players will be a little bit doubting i'm not sure that they know when they're in camp now how how does that feel would feel you know not being in charge and of course they respect him and they've had him as manager for the last two years but in terms of going there what is their motivation as a squad like what what are they looking to do in the next 12 months
0: well let's find out what the players think because here's what England captain Steph Horton thinks about not knowing who's going to lead them in Tokyo.
4: At the moment it's, it's quite a hard question uh, to answer I think obviously we all want um, stability we all want consistency and yeah ideally we would want to all. but at the same time it is what it is at the moment and it doesn't change no matter whether we know the boss or not I think it's um, for us as footballers it's just a keep performing well for club first and foremost when we get into these scenarios just keep playing as well as we can and keeping ourselves fit and healthy over the next 12 months ahead of the olympics for me and obviously having conversations with phil it's just all about making sure that the girls do their job as footballers it's it was important to come to this camp to work hard and obviously as you said we are going through a bit of a transitional period but at the same time we have to keep working hard and we have to look forward to now the germany game that's in october and um try and get some good form and i think for us these last six months has probably given us a time to reflect and to see where we can be better and i think we've all been honest and open that after world cup the results weren't good enough but i think for us it's about being realistic and where we want to go and there's an the next three years are massive for us as a team and we can only get better and we can only improve every single day.
0: That was Steph Horton, uh, England women's captain, talking to me on Friday night after that uh, 11v11 training game at St George's Park. Um, Farrah, it, I mean, she straight batted that and you can understand why. You know, she's, she's an intelligent in, intelligent woman. Um, but it still very much feels as if everything is is massively in limbo. And I, I don't really see how that helps anyone. Phil Neville, the FA, the players, anyone. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think, As you mentioned, Steph's, you
5: know, very experienced, knows how to deal with the media, would know the right things to say. Um, she mentioned about being informed as a player and performing for your club, but there's a difference. If there's a new coach coming in, you're going to have to perform week in, week out in order to be picked. Under Phil Neville, he knows pretty much all of the players and some of the players even if not playing, he potentially would take for different reasons, experience, know what they can do at that level, et cetera. So I think there is a difference in terms of knowing your coach and not knowing your coach going to the Olympics in terms of how you perform. Yeah,
0: uh, It's going to be really interesting the next few weeks. Um, we'll hear more from Phil Neville coming up shortly on his future which I asked him about um, again more straight batting <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're way too media trained for my liking. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with Faker others and Reading and England midfielder Farah Williams. Uh, don't forget we want your thoughts uh, today on who you think should lead Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics next year so get in touch. Tweet us at Talk Sport 2. We've had some tweets in already. Jane Ludlow's featuring quite highly of course uh, Wales manager at the moment Uh, Sarah Shepard, friend of the show uh, and writer at The Athletic uh, has written an article about why Ludlow's perfect as Neville's successor Uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, also friend of the show says, Jane Ludlow, got to be Uh, we'll go through some more of those tweets uh, shortly, Uh, don't forget though, Women's Football Weekly is the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football and it's here every Monday 6 till 7 bringing you all you need to know in the game if you miss any or you want to listen again we are available on podcast now as well so you can download us and subscribe on Apple and Spotify products. Next up we'll hear more from Phil Neville and also from Chelsea Ford Frank Kirby on her return to the England fold.
3: On DAV Plus,
6: online via the Talksport app and on your smart speaker.
3: Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2, the home for women's football.
0: This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Others and England's most capped player, Farrah Williams. So today we're asking who you think should lead Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics next year in our England special. Get in touch, tweet us at TalkSport 2. So Jane Ludlow has featured quite highly uh, from some of our listeners. So Antonia uh, Antonia Barnes, thank you for getting in touch. Jane Ludlow and Farrah should be in the squad as captain with a winky face, she says. And then there's a little bit of context to that from... Uh, Colin Shorrock who says Jane was sent off for grabbing Farrah around the throat a few years back <laughs> yeah, For anyone who, back. who doesn't remember that Farrah please enlighten us do, do you know what that was years ago now
5: you know what Jane Ludlow when she was at Arsenal was an unbelievable player and, and so difficult to play against and so aggressive in her play Um, yeah she fouled me I kicked out and then yeah she attempted to strangle me and, uh, and got sent off for it whoops <laughs> Uh G uh, B manager? Do you know what? <laughs> a, a fantastic, she's fantastic doing a fantastic job with the Welsh squad and mm. you know, certainly the players we have within our Reading team only speak highly of her. Um the reason why I, I said Emma Hayes ahead of, of her is just her experiences of managing, you know, higher caliber of players uh for longer
0: period. Yeah, and there's no disrespect in saying that you would expect there to be more England players than than others in, in that team.
5: Yeah, I mean, most definitely. And it was the England team that, you know, got us to the Olympics. So you'd imagine a majority of that squad will be and then made up
0: by the best of, you know, the Welsh and and the Scottish and uh, Northern Ireland players. Mm. We are discussing the Lionesses this week with the international break upon us. They're on a training camp at the moment. No competitive fixtures uh, coming up, but a trip to Germany on the 27th of October for a friendly is at least in the calendar. Uh, Farrah, how difficult is it as a player having absolutely nothing to prepare for?
5: Yeah, really difficult. I think, you know, especially back in 2005 when we were preparing for the home Euros without any competitive international games. Um, Yeah, really difficult. Um, But as we said, if we had a manager for the Olympics, they could be treating these, you know, these England fixtures as an an Olympic team going to to the Olympics. Um, But without a manager, there's no, as you say, there's no direction for them to go in with that. So I'm hoping, you know, with Phil's interview, he said he'll sit down with them. They'll have an Olympic team manager named within you know, the coming month and, and we can really see if, if it is Phil that he can
0: take this England team to Germany as a GB team. So the Lionesses did play this 11v11 11 11 training match on Friday night at St George's Park. The home team captained by Ellen White were 3-0 winners. Chelsea's Frank Kirby Sean, She was fantastic and won the player of the match in the end as well. It's been quite a year for her and you know well over 12 months since she played for England last after being diagnosed with pericarditis I think that's how you pronounce it, um, which is a swelling around her heart. So I asked her after the game what it was like pulling on that England shirt again.
6: It was really nice. Obviously, it's been a long, long time since the last time I was able to play for England. So it's always an honour. to to be able to come here and i've really enjoyed kind of the few sessions that we've had obviously coming into camp and obviously it's been a bit different but i think having the new faces and the the freshness in it's, it's been really refreshing and i've really really enjoyed it how strange is it not having a competitive fixture for the next year or so yeah it's it's been a bit tough obviously you know it's been a bit of a strange situation going on but I think the girls have handled it really well and everyone's kind of just focused on themselves and focused on their fitness and coming into this game, you know, you saw how competitive it was. You know, we we wanted to win, all of us wanted to win. So, yeah, I mean... For us, we need to make sure that we keep that competitiveness in in camp. And if we do that, then we'll replicate that in in the game situation. And I think you saw that tonight, you know, the competitiveness in this team is really high and there's real competitiveness for places and, and that's how we want it to be. Add
0: into that the fact that the manager who's
6: looking after you now isn't going to be here in 10 months' time. How strange is that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a strange situation for everyone. But right now, you know, we want to focus on playing well under Phil. And that's going to be our main goal in, in this next year. We we want to make sure that we still learn and we still develop as a team. And, you know, for us, obviously we know that Phil's not going to be here in, in a year's time. But right now he's with us and he's our manager. And we want to make sure we do everything to, to be the first name on his team sheet when he picks his squad. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's weird. But, you know, we're going to play for a, for a manager who's still here. And we want to make sure that we make him proud. That's
0: Fran Kirby there, Chelsea in England forward, talking to me at St. George's
6: Park on Friday.
0: Um, again, Fran doesn't tend to, to step out of... of She toes the party line, shall we say, <laughs> um, as do most of the, the Lionesses. Um, but it still must be very difficult. She's saying that it's still competitive, but you watched the game on the FA player, didn't you? What did you think of it?
5: Yeah, I mean, I expected it to be better in terms of intensity and quality, Um I think it was a hard watch uh, early on in the game. I think they grew into the game, both teams. Um, certainly Fran's team, uh, I thought they were fantastic. But I thought she was the difference between the both teams. I think, you know, the quality at times wasn't wasn't there. Um, but she certainly made a difference in terms of the quality. I think, you know, Fran speaking, she's been out of the squad for a long time, so she's probably really excited to be back and and speaking a lot there with excitement of of playing football again, and I think she demonstrated that in her play. It was fantastic, full of energy, and she looked like the fan of old, which is really exciting for this England team going forward. Yeah, it definitely is.
0: A few others caught my eye, but who caught yours?
5: Uh, Esme Morgan at right back. I thought she was fantastic. Um, Yeah, I think she's got a great future ahead of her. Uh, with Man City and, and with Lucy Bonds being there I think she'll really help her and the and competitive net there between the two will be good um, and I think who else Niamh Charles Ch- yeah, she, do you know what she was somebody I, I worked when I worked at Liverpool she was somebody that from a very young age we you know, we spoke about Liverpool being one for the future I mean she's got a big move to Chelsea hopefully she can get some minutes but she's a fantastic player a fantastic talent hopefully she gets the minutes at Chelsea and doesn't get you know, left behind sitting on the bench well, she's a, she's a winger, but she played it right back. Yeah, wing back, didn't she? I think they they played a new formation, and that's why I thought Ellen's team would win because they stuck with a four three three, and you know their team, I think they were playing a three four three. Mm. Um, I didn't think they had enough time to certainly get the players to to really know how to do that formation, and I, f- I think
0: it showed in the game. Yeah, it, it certainly felt like that. Um, what are you doing in that situation though? What's what's he practicing for almost? What's he trying to see? I mean, he was very animated, Phil Neville on the on the touchline, but I'm not sure what he was trying to
5: achieve yeah I just don't think that I, I, yeah I mean a new formation I think they had a few days to practice it and 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 try and you know work together in what they were going to do I just think on, on both sides you know with Chloe Kelly I think really restrictive uh, you know playing as a wing back and, and as you say child so I think it, it took away a lot of their their strengths and their attributes that they could have brought to the game um
0: I'm not sure what what he was trying to get out of that um, formation. Well it's interesting because um, we didn't have time to to play this in the the first part but I'll play it to you now because I did speak to Phil about what his plans were for the future because there was this speculation that we discussed in the first first part of the show about whether or not this was his decision to step down. Many people thought that it's because he wanted to go into club football uh, perhaps and obviously without the Olympics and uh, the home Euros which he planned on doing, you know it kind of meant that there wasn't really a lot to, to to, to play for, um, going up to his contract, or the question of whether or not it was the FA's decision to to not renew his, his contract, I'm sure we won't know that for yeah. for, for definite. Um, and you know, I wouldn't say it's largely irrelevant because it is quite relevant mm. actually. But I wanted to know what he was thinking in in, in the future. Um, and here's what he had to say to me when I asked him whether club football was was his main focus.
3: No. no, my future is with the Lionesses. I mean, it's September. Uh, I've got a massive job. I've got three, uh, two camps before uh, before Christmas, and then then we've got an exciting period after Christmas as well. So as I think I think the minute you take your eye off the ball and start wondering at other things is is when you start failing. So my focus is with this group of players. They've shown me unbelievable uh, loyalty, support, uh, and 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 I owe them to finish the job properly
0: interesting so i mean I'd, i wouldn't have expected him to say yes actually i'm going to go to xyz and you know we have a great women's football weekly exclusive um but at the same time you know is he going to have the edge is he going to have the motivation i mean he's saying he is but
5: i mean I, I definitely think he owes it to the squad to to give give them his all until the end um in terms of keep trying to develop them and, and keeping that you know you know the squad strong um Who knows? Is he going to take time out? I mean, it's in a by the time his contract runs out, you know, the Premier League will be finished and 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 all the leagues will be finished. So maybe club management, you know, an opportunity might come up from him. But I definitely think he'll see out his contract. So I don't think he'll go before that, even if opportunities do do come up. And especially if he's talking about the Olympics, but it'll be interesting. I think that if he doesn't get the Olympic job, he'll probably take a little bit of time out before
0: and reassess and see what he wants to do. Do you think if he doesn't get the Olympic job, uh, there will be an element where? he will almost switch off it's almost like when you find out you're leaving a job and you know you kind of think you, not that in any way shape or form i think phil neville is this type of person at all because i i genuinely think he wants to do the best job he possibly can but if you then know that you don't aren't aren't given a job that you really want it's really difficult to then want to give 100 percent even if you want to
5: yeah no i i mean i i definitely agree i think you know, when when there's something that you want and you haven't been given it, you certainly can switch off and not do it to the best of your ability. But actually, being in a few camps with Phil and knowing the type of person he is, I genuinely think that he would want to do what he sees as his best until the end. Um, whether that's enough to move this team forward or not, who knows? But he is, as I mentioned, I, I definitely think he'll give as much as you can until the contract's up.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Others in England and Reading midfielder, Farrah Williams. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading and subscribing to our podcast, which is available through Apple and Spotify products. Just search Talk Sport, Women's Football Weekly. Uh, coming up, we'll speak to Phil Neville's former assistant, now England under 18, head coach Bev Priestman on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football.
1: If you have a home,
3: but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
2: Women's Football Weekly with Faye others.
4: Hi, I'm Karen Hills from Tottenham Hotspur Women, and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2
0: exactly as Karen Hill says you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Carruthers and I'm with England's most capped player Farrah Williams on this England special now there's been an fa restructure over the summer in the women's technical division and phil neville's assistant manager bev priestman has been named under a teams coach with rianne skinner becoming neville's assistant until he leaves in july and i'm delighted to say that bev priestman joins us to discuss her new role now lovely to have you with us bev how are you I'm good see. How are you? Very well. Now, we've been trying to get you on this show for ages, so I'm absolutely delighted that we get to have a, a sit-down and chat, even if it's not quite face-to-face. Uh, tell me how your summer's been and how this new role has come about.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been interesting, It's for many people, interesting summer. Um, I, I guess it's been a time of, of change, and for me, the, the opportunity was presented not so long ago, really, to go and take this group to another under-17 World Cup, so that's in February. And for me personally, I think, you know, I always spoke when I went for the job with Phil that, you know, I want to be a number one. My previous roles have always had a a number one and a number two to them, and I've really missed that. And um, the opportunity to go to my fourth under-17 World Cup third as a head coach, I just thought it was great to, to, I guess, replace a a major tournament that we missed out this summer with, with an under-17 World, coming, uh, World Cup coming up in February.
0: What, what do you feel as if you've learnt under your time with Phil?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, w- with Phil, unbelievable person. I think he gives everything to to the role. His, his man management is, you know, the best I've seen in terms of players wanting to play for him. So I think, you know, I've worked under John Herdman previously. Um, two very different um, managers to, to work with, and I think I've taken bits from both of them. Um, but I think definitely the being an unbelievable person, great human being, part of Phil first and foremost, and then just just how he manages and deals with players, uh, I've I've really taken that bit on board. Hi, Bev, it's Farah Hey, Sarah, how are Hi. you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick one. You know, being around the seniors for so long, um, do you see it as a step back going to the A and? Or do you see it as a chance to develop them? Now you've been in a senior environment, so you can get the next couple of players, you know, coming up and understanding, you know, what it takes to be a senior player now.
2: Yes, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's something I weighed up myself, really, because it was an option, really, for me to stay on, you know, until Phil left, or, or to, to take this role. It's something I weighed up myself, and I just, for, for me personally, I think just going back to being, you know, the boss again and and trying to take what I've learned and, and apply it because I, I want to be a manager. Um, so, you know, in some ways it was a selfish decision and had Phil's full support. But I think also working at a senior level like I did in Canada, when you go back to work with youth, you, you can really start to set the foundations and, and you know, I guess demand the, the, the standards that you know that it takes to, to work at a, a senior level and be able to compete at a senior level um, with these young players. So a chance to mould and shape them Um, And and like I say, to go to another major tournament, I I just thought it was best for me personally, really. So is the plan in the future, Bev, that that you'd
0: take over the Lionesses' senior squad? Is that the kind of pathway you'd like to follow?
2: Um, You know what? I think I'm really open to say that I want to be your number one in whatever format that looks like, but a one with pressure. So, you know, the thought of going to a World Cup again, That brings the total pressure for me. Of course, managing your country um, is something that you want to do, but I'm not set on that particular path. You know, club club also interests me. Country, obviously wearing that badge, it's been unbelievable. I've always worn a different country's badge, and it's been fantastic to, to sing your own national anthem. So for me, I just want pressure. I want scrutiny because I think, when I have that, you you get the best out of me. That's what I've learnt along this journey, really. So it, I'm pretty open as to what that looks like in the future.
5: I bear Farrow again. Um,
2: <laughs> just on
5: you know being a head coach, I, I know as a coach is quite difficult when you're working off somebody else's philosophy and, and not your own ideas. Taking the 18s, have you are you allowed to work off what you know your ideas and have full structure of that, or are you you know is it overseen by
2: by Phil or or yeah, yeah. So I think within the sort of youth pathway, we now have something called the the blueprint for success, really, and it's a it's a philosophy and curriculum that's been developed on. I guess what we've learned, and it's probably planning for beyond 2023. It's 2023, 2027. You know, the future player. So I definitely 100% will be able to bring my own sort of identity to the role. But working within the framework of what we feel is needed within that age group. So, you know, I'm, I'm going back to to working alongside Mo. Mo's got the the 19s, and and you know, hopefully I can do a good job of making sure that that player after the World Cup goes into more better prepared. Um. So yeah, so I, I definitely, for me, I, I want to bring my own personality to it, and my own identity, but there is a framework for me to work within.
0: That's really interesting you say that, Bev, because I was wondering whether that might change when Serena Wiegmann comes in, because I'm sure she'll have her own philosophy that may then have to trickle
2: down into you within your framework. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the nature, and I think that the way they've done it really is regardless of who the senior coach is, that the youth pathway is future-proofing an England player, and then they're better prepared to adapt to whatever formation they might be thrown at them um, because they've been exposed to different formations and philosophies at the youth level, so I would say up until the, the youth pathway, it's very much you know exposed to everything. And then you know, if Serena came and went, um, they'd, they'd be pre- prepared regardless. So I think for me personally, I've you know I've got till the end of next year really to put my my imprint really on these young players to hopefully prepare them for the future. So let's
0: discuss the Team GB job. I'm going to put you on the spot because we've been asking uh, all the listeners of Women's Football Weekly exactly what they think um, and who should be taking um, Team GB to the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, are you going to nail your colours to the mast? I know Phil never wants the job. He told me that himself on Friday. What do you think?
2: I absolutely think it should be, Phil. I think a couple of things go through my mind. You know, I heard Farris say earlier, he, he got them there. I do think for the group itself, continuity is going to be really important. And I think you look at the camp he's just done, he's invested in beyond 2023. So he's he's been selfless. He could have gone in and just, you know, focused on the now, the remaining part of his contract. For me, Phil, he he does everything right. And I think, you know, he got them there and I think he he deserves it. And and looking at the players, I think regardless of the uncertainty, I bumped into them in, in St. George's last week. You know, they're absolutely committed to, to playing for him. They know he's give everything to the role. Um, and I also think Team GB is a unique... You know, I was in the Olympics in Rio with Canada. It's a unique opportunity. Um, and I also think, particularly with Team GB, bringing a group of players together for a short period of time requires some real clever management. I, I think it's more than beyond X's and O's. I think it's about gelling a group of players in a short period Space of time and I think you'd be excellent at that he said that he's spoken to the FA
0: or is speaking to the FA certainly over the next month or so um, and he wants them to make the right decision he says um he, he's thrown his hat more than in the ring um from an fa's point of view why haven't they just come out and, and said straight away that, that that he's their man I don't quite understand what what the delay is when everybody is saying he's definitely the right person to take the job
2: yeah I think you know what it's it's Probably to do with the different home nations and the politics that go with that. I think while he was the England manager, it was always sort of set in stone. But because that circumstance has changed beyond, you know, when his contract is up, and obviously this role goes beyond the current contract. My my guess, and probably I'm um, 99% sure, it's to do with the home nations and getting collective feedback to then appoint that coach. I'd imagine. That's really interesting. Just finally, Bev, before we
0: let you go, um, how excited should we be about the future of England? Because how talented are this new crop of England players coming up?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, again, I've pretty much had a week to go into that camp and prepare for it. But I came out really excited about, you know, how how welcoming and open and exciting the group looked. I think, um, yeah, the, the, a lot of them are in big clubs. You know, you've you've got players who've trained with Chelsea, in in pre-season with the first team etc so they're getting exposed to working with you know world-class players weekly and i think with with that i I just got really excited watching the main turn how receptive they were and hopefully we can go and do something on, on the world stage, but more importantly, prepare them to
0: play for England in the future. Do you know what? I said, and finally, and actually, I've got one more for you, so I should have said penultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bev. <laughs> what I would really, really like to know, though, is how, because you will have to work into, in, in lots of ways, Serena Wiegmann, how excited are you about the brand of football that she's going to bring to the Lionesses?
2: Yeah, I think, listen, you know, besides take away the Phil, the you know, he. he chosen not to extend his contract. I think Serena makes sense from a home Euros perspective, her experiences, she, you know, she's done very well. So I think in terms of moving from Phil to her, I think actually it might be a smooth transition. Um, and I think, you know, the FA in terms of doing that have been quite smart in terms of, you know, style of play and, and and trying to align that. So, you know, I know the girls will be excited, but first and foremost, they've got another 12 months in the Olympic Games to go tomorrow. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Bev. Really appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you.
0: Take care. And good luck as well for the new job. Speak to you again soon. (laughs) Uh, Bev Priestman there, the new head coach of the uh, England under-18s, of course, former assistant manager uh, to Phil Neville. And this is why it's important to get people like Bev on to hear, you know... uh, exactly what it's like working underneath Phil because everybody's got different opinions of him sometimes he can come out with the media and appear quite prickly and be difficult to deal with sometimes other times you come out and and he's great um to hear it from somebody who's actually worked under him is really interesting Farah
5: you know what I haven't got a bad in terms of his as a person Phil Neville's a great person and 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 what when she speaks about him she's totally right you know and his heart's in the right place when he does things I just give an opinion of Phil now as, as a coach and, and probably seen as bitter or whatever you want to call me, but as a person, he's a fantastic person and really good for the group. Um, I'm excited for Bev. Bev's a fantastic coach. I've known Bev for years, so I, I understand what she's saying about in, about wanting to be a number one. It's really difficult when you work under somebody else and you really want to put your stamp on something, so... I'm excited to see what she does with her under-17s. And she has experience of going to a Youth World Cup, which she spoke about. And um, this England team
0: actually could win something. Oh, that'd be really exciting, certainly. She also mentioned the transition, and she thought it would be a really simple transition between Phil Neville and Serena Wiegmann. And actually, I asked Lioness's captain, Steph Horton, about this. And I asked her about the differences between the two coaches, um, between Phil Neville and incoming manager Serena Wiegmann.
4: I don't want to compare them um, because Phil in his own right has done really well for this team and he's still still my boss at the moment and um, I fully respect him for the next 12 months that as a team we have to go and give our all for for him and for the, the England shirt but yeah of course Serena I think obviously our record speaks for herself um, playing against our teams over the last few years and the fact that they won the Euros, they were close. they were obviously in the World Cup final I think the way that they play football is a very attractive style of football so... I think obviously the next 12 months is focusing on the here and the now. Um, and then once that 12 months is over, it's um, obviously welcoming Serena to, to be our England boss.
0: Linus is captain Steph Horton there. Um, interesting thoughts on that i mean I, I i think i knew what she meant when she said we'll respect him for another 12 months i think she'll respect him beyond that <laughs> i'd like to think so <laughs> yeah um but you know you have spoken and, and a lot of people have spoken about their respect for phil as a person uh, but not necessarily um for a coach and whether the england team has stood still or even gone slightly backwards under his stewardship i think you know i've spoken to phil at length about you know, the the, the profile raising of of the Lionesses that I believe that he's brought and the fantastic work that he's done. And I feel as if, you know, he is concerned about the legacy that that he's going to leave and that people will be critical of his tenureship. But going forward, what is Serena Wiegmann going to bring to the Lionesses that perhaps Phil didn't? How is she going to enhance them and take them forward?
5: Firstly, she's got far more experience of the women's game than than what Phil Phil did coming in. Um, As a player and as a coach, I think she has a a winning mentality. It's proven she won the the home Euros with the Netherlands. Um, So, yeah, I think she'll bring that. I think in in terms of her style of play, I can understand where they're saying it might be a smooth transition in terms of the formation they play. Um, Phil tried to get the England team to get the ball down and be brave and and be a possession-based team, which Serena is as well. but I just think with a bit more purpose, Serena. I think you know certainly with her style of play. Yes, she plays a similar formation and a similar style, but certainly uh, uh, the purpose of that is certainly more with intent than what I, I believe Phil's you know team was. Um, yeah, it's the winning mentality. I think that she'll bring. She's one thing. She's a, she's a proven winner. So that's why that's where I think England is the next step for them. And I think she's the person that can bring it.
0: Phil Neville is also a proven winner by yeah, the as a, way, as a player.
5: As a player. Yeah, as a player. And yeah. I think that I think he could have. Certainly, for some of our younger players, that's probably never seen him play. And you know, certainly in his Man United days, I think he should have certainly spoke a little bit more about himself and what he achieved and, and what it took for himself to stay in that Man United team because they were a fantastic team. And you know, and Phil will tell you himself what he the work he probably had to do to stay in that team at the time he did.
0: So yeah, he probably could have. Boost himself up a little bit more at that time. Yeah, well, you're listening to the thoughts of England's most capped player, Farrah Williams. Uh, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two. I'm Faker Others. If you miss any of the show, you can either catch up by downloading the Talksport app or by subscribing to our podcast on Apple and Spotify products. Uh, next, we get to know a little bit more about England and Birmingham goalkeeper Hannah Hampton.
2: Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others.
6: I'm Mary Ups. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two.
5: You
0: are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Carruthers, and I'm with England's record appearance maker, Farrah Williams. Uh, so the new season is well underway, and that means that Women's Football Weekly is back in its regular 6 till 7 p.m. slot every Monday night on Talksport Sport 2. And we also have a new regular feature that we want you to get involved in. Every week, we'll pick a person, a club or an event from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on, or a player that we want we want you to get to know a bit better. Uh, but we want you to come up with some suggestions for us of whose story you'd like to hear. So is there a player, a coach, or a team, either past or present, you'd like to know a little bit more about? If so, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at FakerOthers or snazzy, snazzy new season. You can email us on our new email address, UK. Plenty of suggestions have come in. I'm sure we will do a Getting to Know You or a spotlight on Farrah Williams, the amazing career that she's had so far. But this week, we're getting to know England and Birmingham goalkeeper Hannah Hampton.
3: Getting to know
1: you, getting to know
3: all about you. She has support, made tomorrow. That's a really good save by
0: Hannah Hampton. What was the first game you attended?
1: It was when I lived in Spain, it was Villarreal against Real Madrid, and uh, watching Ronaldo play was quite amazing. Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, that's a tough one. I think. Oh, you, you're going to have a split decision either way. I think there's. Ronaldo, we'll go for it. We'll go for it. Favourite ground to play at? Oh, wow. Got to be Sully or Moore's home. Home ground for us. Favourite ground to visit? We'll go with Man City, it's always a good challenge. Who was your first sporting hero? Blimey, I didn't really have one to be honest. Um, I wasn't really focused a lot on on football when I was growing up. I didn't have anything to uh, any idea about it, so I don't really have one to be honest. Who, how about now? Now, um, I'll probably go with Pickford, just because I get compared to him a lot with distribution and agility. So I'll go with Pickford. Love that. Uh, one player, male or female, that you'd like to meet? Oh, there's so many. Hope Solo. Great ambassador for women's goalkeeping, I think. Who is the most famous person in your phone book? I don't have many contacts, to be honest. I think probably Phil or any of these girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your first gig? Uh, I've not actually been. I've not actually been one. Who would you like to go and see? Oh, there's many. Uh, it's, it's a bad one, but I'm a proper Jonas Brothers fan. It's a sad one, but I am. Um... I've been sad about that. What was the last meal you made? <laughs> plain pasta and plain chicken. I... Haven't really got a, a big palette. Night in or night out? Night in. Biggest fear? Spiders. Tea or coffee? Tea. Last book you read? I don't read. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't read. <laughs> Who would play you in
0: a biopic?
1: Oh, people say that Margot Robbie looks like me, so probably her.
0: Good one. Last one. What do you love about playing for England?
1: Everything, really. Everything. It's incredible.
0: England and Birmingham goalkeeper Hannah Hampton. I mean, she was so sweet. Bless her. She 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 was on the losing side, conceded three goals in that 11 v 11 at St George's Park. Um, but still on good form. She looked like she'd never been in front of the media before at all. But she was absolutely cracking fun. Um, what do you know about her? You
5: know, I don't know too much. Um, she came into the Birmingham team last year. Um, surely she she has a bright future ahead of her. That you know Phil feels she's ready to go into the senior environment, you know, leaving out Karen Bardsley and Mary Earps, that's a big statement. So she certainly has a bright future ahead of her. Um, Certainly when we've played against her, we've highlighted distribution. I think she spoke about that herself. Really comfortable on on the ball, Um, sometimes risky. But um, I think that's what you ask of goalkeepers nowadays in a modern game. So, yeah, she has a a fantastic future ahead of her. Young as well. I was going to say, how young is she? She she mentioned she doesn't watch football. Didn't have a, a football idol growing up yeah. like, You're 19, there's plenty of football on the telly. I
0: know, crazy. <laughs> crazy. Anyway, that was Hannah Hampton. Big things to come from her, hopefully. So, of course, today we were asking you who you think should lead Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics next year. Here are some more of your suggestions. Uh Claire M says Mo Marley, who you've mentioned before, Farah. Um, who else have we got here? Casey Stoney is what Matthew Wright says as well. Um, and we've had a tweet from the Word on Women's Football Podcast. who we shouldn't really be promoting, but they have asked me to kind of promote them. But they said, we discussed this in our latest pod, um, pod, and I reckon Gemma Davis will be Lioness's manager one day, uh, so she should be given the opportunity of Team GB. I think it's maybe a bit too young for her, uh, too soon for her, perhaps, Farah at the minute.
5: Yeah, uh, fantastic coach. I think she's done a a fantastic job with with Aston Villa. But, yeah, as you say, in terms of when we're speaking about working with that calibre of player and going to a major competition under you know, immense pressure. Um, You need somebody that's been exposed to that more so than her. Um, But I'm sure she's got a bright future ahead of her.
0: Yeah, bright future indeed. Um, Thank you to all the Luton fans as well who tweeted in saying Nathan Jones. Think he's a bit busy at the moment, but cheers for the suggestions anyway. Right, pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Farrah Williams. Thank Always you. brilliant to have you in. See you soon, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we, you'll be invited. <laughs> and thank you to Bev Priestman as well. Next week, it's an FA Cup special this season and last season uh, with former England and Arsenal captain Faye White. Any questions for us during the week, you can email us at women'sfootballweekly at talksport.co.uk, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at faker others. And as ever, if you miss any of the show or want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast on Apple and Spotify